Hey there, welcome to another episode of the McCarty Ministries podcast. Don't forget, wherever you listen to podcasts, to rate and review us. Your feedback helps us to reach more people. We appreciate you doing that. In this episode, we're going to continue our look at how we can position ourselves to serve our local church. If we want to not only be called, but chosen to serve our church or to do great things for God, we've got to learn some lessons from those in the Bible that have gone before us. Truth is, the Bible is full of examples of ordinary men and women who've done extraordinary things for God, and they did so because they were chosen. In our last episode, we looked at David and how he showed conviction. In this episode, we're going to look at the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus, to see what we can learn from her. As with every episode, we have one key verse and two main points, and our key verse for this episode is Luke 1, 38. The New Living Translation says this, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. And our main points are, number one, own it like you own it. And number two, if you don't own it, someone else will. If you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, I want to just pause for a moment and encourage you to go back to the first few episodes uh, before beginning listening here. Or, at least, after listening to this episode, go to the previous episodes and listen to those as well. In the previous episodes, we laid down a recurring theme of positioning yourself to be used by God. We've discussed this idea from Scripture that says, "...many are called, but few are chosen." In other words, you may not realize this, but God has called you to accomplish uh, something or many things that will positively impact his kingdom in eternity. Uh, the difference between whether or not he can use you is whether or not he can choose you. So we've been looking at different characters in the Bible who were chosen to see what characteristics or personalities they possessed. That way we can adopt those for ourselves today and hopefully position ourselves to be chosen as well. So in this episode, we're going to take a look at the life of Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, and we're going to see how her willingness to take ownership positioned her to have one of the greatest impacts on humanity that we will ever see. It's this idea of ownership that, if mastered, can position you uh, to be chosen as well. So let's take a look at what we often refer to as the Christmas story to see what happened and how Mary responded. And we're going to begin by reading out of Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He'll be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he'll reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So let's summarize what happened. We have a virgin woman who's engaged, who has just seen an angel. The angel not only told her that she was pregnant, but that the baby would be the king of the universe, the son of God. 
I think sometimes we read over a story like this in the Bible without giving it its due importance and weight. We do this because the story has become really just familiar to us. But think about this for a second. Think about what has happened and maybe even try to put yourself in Mary or guys, put yourself in Joseph's position. So ladies, imagine being told you're pregnant and you've never taken the physical steps to become so. Imagine further that you don't live in the culture that we do today. Today, if someone gets pregnant outside of marriage, it's not as big of a deal to most people. It might be a sticking point for some, but society as a whole doesn't have a problem with it. But in Mary's day, in her culture, and certainly in her religious circles, hers was a punishable offense even to death. If all of this news to you wouldn't be enough to digest, you are told that the baby you're having will be the king of the universe, the son of God. And by the way, the baby's really coming from God himself. Just take some time and think about that. That's amazing. That is quite a plan. Time to take some Prozac, right? I mean, if you're given this information, uh, you, you might need to medicate yourself. What's most intriguing is not just what has been spoken to Mary, but it's how she responds. We have recorded in Scripture that she didn't argue with the angel. She didn't throw some sort of a fit and get angry about it. She didn't panic, or at least not at that moment. We don't have record of that. She did not say, you know what? No, thanks. Find somebody else to do this. Here is how she responds, and it's her key verse for this episode. She says, quote, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. In other words, Mary owned it. Mary practiced something that you and I could benefit from practicing as it pertains to our Christian faith. Whatever God has planned for you, own it. Uh, at work, whatever your boss has planned for you, own it. In your church, whatever your church leadership has planned for you, own it. When you learn how to take ownership of another person's vision, God can and will use you in mighty ways. This is how you can be chosen. When you take ownership of another person's project, God can and will choose you for mighty things. The plan of redemption was God's plan. The baby Jesus was God's son. Having a virgin woman give birth was God's idea, and Mary owned every bit of it. That brings us to our first of the two points. First, own it like you own it. What do I mean by that? Mary didn't just placate the angel and God by saying, sure, I'll do it, and then haphazardly raise this child. No, she carried the child for nine months. She gave birth to the baby. She weaned and nursed the baby into childhood. She raised the child as a little boy. She released that child into manhood. And she watched and allowed that man, her son, to fulfill his destiny on the cross. How many of us could have done what Mary did? Look, she owned God's plan like it was her own. She took full responsibility. If you've ever been a parent, heck, even if you've babysat a child, you know how much energy and work it can be. 
if you've raised a child, if you have children and you've spent your whole life raising them into adulthood, you know how much stress and how much uh, exhaustion and effort it takes. Mary gave it everything, being mother to Jesus. In other words, she owned it like she owned it. Think about uh, a, a different angle here. Think about a car. Think about when you've purchased a brand new car. Consider how you own that car, how you take ownership of it. You don't just get the title and the keys. You wash the car, you vacuum the car, you change the oil, hopefully. You rotate the tires, you get a nice air freshener for it. Maybe you get a cool steering wheel cover, some special floor mats. In other words, you own that car. It's yours and you care for it in, in, in ways that you wouldn't somebody else's car. We could uh, look at it this way. Consider renting a car. How do you treat that vehicle? If you're like most people, not very good. You drive it a little faster. You take off quickly from the traffic light. You don't slow down for bumps. You may even uh, be overheard saying something like, watch this as you're doing donuts in the parking lot. In other words, a rental car, you don't give the same ownership, the same stewardship and care as your own car. Why? Because it's not your car. But if we're not careful, we can end up doing the exact same thing we do to a rental car with another man's vision, plan, project, or mission. That includes God's. So if you want to be chosen to do great things for God, if you want to be chosen to help out with your local church, you've got to master the ability to own it like you own it. The truth is, and our second point is, that if you don't end up owning it, somebody else will. Consider the story from Matthew 25. This gives us an example of this. It's a story of the master and the talents. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with this story and the basic plot. A man has some investments or some talents, and he divvies them up among his servants. And all but one of the servants invests wisely, while one of them hoards these investments or the talent out of fear. So, when the master comes back, he speaks to the servants. And in Matthew 25, 21, in speaking to one of the faithful, he says this. The scripture says, The master was full of praise, and he said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. In other words, if you own it like you own it, not only will you be given that, but you'll be given more to own. You'll be given more to be a steward over. But to the hoarder, the master said this in verse 28. Scripture says, Then he ordered, Take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they'll have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So in other words, if you don't own it, someone else will. It's kind of like this. If God can't trust you with it, He'll find someone else to do it. Because the truth is that God's mission, God's plan is so important that if you don't do it, he'll find someone that will. It must get done. It's the same thing with your local church. There are things that they have been uh, commanded by God to accomplish. The senior leadership, your senior pastor maybe had a vision or a calling to accomplish something and if you can't help him or her out with it, they'll find somebody that can. If you don't own the vision because it's not yours, 
your responsibility will be given to another. And if you don't steward, steward what's been given to you as if it belonged to you, then another will be trusted. Consider this, and it's by no means a biblical fact. This isn't doctrine. It's just a thought. What if Mary wasn't God's first choice? What if the angel approached a number of young maidens, but each one that he went to said, nah, I just, I can't take ownership of that. I can't uh, risk my reputation. I can't risk my fiance breaking up with me. I can't risk the community um, kicking me out and shunning me. Consider what they missed out on. What if Mary just happened to be the first one to say, I'll own it, be it unto me. Just let that sink in. I know it's not factual in the Bible, but consider that for a second. What if that's the case? Mary was just the first one to say yes. Whether it's a project your boss has put you in charge of or manage on your own, own it like you own it. Whether God's called you to do something directly or he's asked you to help out with something that he's called someone else to. Own it like you own it, or someone else will. So I just want to encourage you, whatever it is, if it's straight from God himself, or if it's something that he's put a person in your life to call you to, own it like you own it. Be a good steward of it. Treat it like your car, not a rental car. If you can master that, if you can take ownership of another's, then God not only will be able to call you to something great, but he'll be able to choose you as well. In the next episode, we're going to keep this discussion going on how we can position ourselves to be chosen. And what we're going to do is instead of looking at the life of a single individual, we're going to take a look at the lives of those who were in the upper room in the book of Acts. And we're going to see how their eagerness to be in unity caused a suddenly. We just want to remind you and encourage you that uh, you can follow our ministry on Twitter and Instagram. Also, you can like us on Facebook. All you got to do is search for McCarty Ministry. And we just want to thank you again for listening. So we really appreciate you uh, being one of those that tunes in. And we want to make sure you don't miss a single episode. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you watch or listen. And if the podcast has blessed you, the best thing you can do is share it with others. We'd encourage you to do that through social media. Uh, don't forget, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, and or you can just go directly to our website, McCartyMinistries.com. You can also go there to uh, find out more details on who we are and what we're up to. And so until next time, we want to encourage you, let's keep reaching the world for Jesus.